Hi, I'm Mackenzie. I have autism. But this podcast isn't really about that exactly. And I'm Andrea. I'm friends with Mackenzie. What our podcast is about is conversations and connections. It's about how we are the same and how we are different. For each episode, Mackenzie and I interview a different guest. Some of our guests experience intellectual and developmental disabilities, also known as IDD, and some don't. We talk about friendship, family, adulthood, and when it comes up, disability. Our podcast is called Everybody In because we are so interested in everybody. So let's get started. Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Moore, one of your hosts for Everybody In, a podcast conceived and produced by the Wayfaring Band. And here sitting across from me as always, my compatriot, my love, my treasure, the wonderful, the sunshine yellow, Mackenzie. What's up? I'm Mackenzie Bove-Nickel, Andrea's co-host for the podcast. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Uh, We are really excited. Uh, We got a great show today. Who's our guest today, Mackenzie? It's Chris O'Sullivan from Brothers Barbecue. Chris O'Sullivan from Brothers Barbecue. I'm getting hungry. What were we thinking recording (laughs) with somebody who has a barbecue chain? Not cool. Um, Yes, I'm super excited about that. Before we start chatting with Chris, uh, let's talk a little bit about the format. What do we have to expect today? All right. The format is I'm going to ask Chris some questions and then he'll answer back and then he has two surprise questions for me delicious this is my great you know nobody ever does this to me they really (laughs) only we only have the setup with you that you're the one who has to deal with the surprises so better you than me um (laughs) you feeling good as always yes you're always up for this challenge it doesn't bug you no it doesn't (laughs) (laughs) okay great i'm really looking forward to seeing what he's gonna ask you i'm excited (laughs) Um, all right. Well, are you ready to do it? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Welcome, Chris. Hey, what's going on? Um, thanks so much for being here. No, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Um, Mackenzie, before you ask your first question, can we, do we have time to hear a little bit about Chris and tell us, tell us about the man, the mystery, the legend that is Chris (laughs) O'Sullivan. I'm uh, the CEO and founder of Brothers Barbecue here in Denver, Colorado. And we opened Brothers coming up on 22 years. Get out of here. You don't look old enough to have a business that's <laughs> uh, right? 22 years old. Well, lucky I started early because the restaurant business is tough, so I needed all that yeah. energy. Wow. So yeah, February 5th, 1998 was our first day open. Wow. So it'll be 22 years coming up. Is it okay if I ask how old you were when you started that? 22. Yeah. I was going to say you had to have been a tiny child. <laughs> yep. And my bro is was 20. And so now, doing the math... I'm 44. Yes. So hold on. So not everybody might realize that. So Brothers Barbecue is literal. That's right. There are two brothers. My bro. You and your bro. My bro was actually racing cars in California, and I had the idea of opening a barbecue restaurant. I had a passion and an obsession with barbecue. And so I knew I wanted to to do something with barbecue. And my our father said, hey, I'll give you guys, uh, let you borrow some money and open mm-hmm. it up. And Nick said, well, if I'm going to come over and help you, we'll just call it Brothers. Oh, my God. That's Boom. too cute. That was it. That's awesome. And how did you become passionate about barbecue? I was did actually, you grow up eating was a, it all? No, I was actually raised vegetarian 
Stop. Yep. <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's so it's basically like the ultimate like f you to your parents. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some kids would uh, hide smokes underneath their bed. My bro and I would have beef jerky under there. Oh my god, that's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> this appeals to you, Mackenzie. Mackenzie looks like super excited about that idea. No, That's it was, funny. but it was, um, I didn't have me until about 12, 13 and I had, you know, a hamburger here and there, a piece of bacon. And then it wasn't until I was about 15, 16 when I had my first barbecue sandwich and everything changed. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. And so how are things, uh, before we dive into the questions, where are things now with Brothers Barbecue? Like, how big is it? So we have, we're going to be opening our ninth location in Fort Collins. So we have uh, five Denver metro uh, area locations, a catering company, and that's uh, located on uh, Federal and Colfax. And then we have a place in the airport at DIA, Concourse A, Gate 71. And then we're at uh, King Supers. We did a deal with uh, Kroger where... We opened a full service restaurant inside of a King Supers grocery store. Whoa. Yeah. Where's in, that? In Castle Rock. And now our, our uh, latest is a gas station that we're buying in Fort Collins. Where we're going to uh, bring it back to its old 1950s kind of oh, look. Oh, retro vibe. Cool, right. cool. And so they're removing tanks and all that kind of fun stuff. So we're going through the environmental, but that's going to be wow. a fun project. Neat. Oh, it'll be really cool. Mackenzie, when's the last time that you had Brothers Barbecue? Two days ago. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. And why? Yeah. Why did you have it? Um, Because I like barbecue and that was there. Well, and where was it? It was at our barn, Razor. Yeah. That's right. Saturday. Yeah. It was super cool. So we're recording this episode right now. It'll it'll air a little later, but we're recording right now uh, just, just two days after our fall fundraiser. And um, Brothers Barbecue has been supporting this event since the beginning. Oh, it's our pleasure. You're the coolest. Okay, I won't take any more time <laughs> from Mackenzie and your good. question session, but I wanted to give a little shout out because these guys have been such good friends of the band for so long. So, the best. Thanks. Glad you're Thank here. You. Yeah. You. All right, Mackenzie, are you ready? Yes. Wait. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. We're ready to feel old. All Please right. ask. <laughs> what is lit? <laughs> <laughs> do you feel old? Yeah. Yeah. I do. <laughs> Officially old now. Yes. I don't. I think. Lit would be something that was totally different 22 years ago, you know, and I think now at at 44, I think lit for me is ever changing. Mm -hmm. And I think right now for me, lit is trying to be self-aware mm. and and my day to day with my employees, my family, my kids, things like this and, and to know myself so that each situation that I'm in, it's uh, authentic. Mm. Tell us about your family. Yeah. So I have a wife, Lainey, and she's a cardiac nurse. She's the That's head cardiac. Small job. No big deal. Yeah, so <laughs> she, Just a cardiac nurse. <laughs> yeah, she's the, like, the top nurse. Well, I, I say she's the top, but she'd probably cringe if she heard that. But she's the <laughs> charge nurse on CC4, and that's at the Medical Center of Aurora. And the, so that's the fourth floor cardiac unit. So she does that. I have a son, Jack, who's eight, and my daughter, Elodie, who is five. Mm -hmm. My wife is really tall, so <laughs> she's over six feet. And so my son Jack is eight, but he's about the size of a twelve-year-old. Come on, buddy, wow. let's go. He's, he's hey, awesome. we can relate. Mackenzie and I are tall. I'm five eleven. You're what? Six one? Five eleven. No, you're not. Nice try. <laughs> the doctors say I'm five eleven. No, you're not. Maybe just six foot. Maybe. Yeah. yeah I mean, it depends cool. on shoes and stuff, right? But like, yeah, we appreciate tall folks. Right. Yeah. And Elodie's tall too, and she's so she's great, and so she, and they both play basketball and swim and. 
They're, they're awesome. Cool. Cool. So what do you think about that, Mackenzie? So he says that you said self-awareness ultimately um, is lit. The, is that is that how you said it, Chris? Yes. Self-awareness? Yeah. So what do you think about that, Mackenzie? What I mean, you mean have to, to you? be aware of your surroundings and get to know them. So I feel like, yeah, I like that. It's good. And what other types of self-awareness are you exploring right now, Chris? Just to know myself. And so I think with uh, things that I've incorporated into my life with meditation mm-hmm. and, and other things, and I just uh, I really enjoy that aspect as, as you're getting older to appreciate and take time for each, each moment. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because it's mm-hmm. a lot of times that's fleeting for me. Uh, uh, you know, things get busy, you've got kids, you're running to school and you forget why we do all of these things. Mm. Yeah. What do you, use, what do you use Mac when, you know, Chris talking about meditation, what kind of things do you use to get to know yourself better? Um, I listen to music whenever I go in. I have like my headphones on all the time um, just to get like ready and all of that stuff. And then, um, yeah, I think that's about it. Music really helps. That's cool. Yeah. And it just kind of calms you down and gets you into your into yeah. your place. Yeah. And then I start start off good and then I end really well. So feels good. I'm also struck, though, by, you know, when you started, Chris, you said 22 years ago, what's lit would be a different answer than at 44. And I think, Mackenzie, about your journey, too, and your story. And I think what's lit to you today isn't the same as when you were younger. Right. It's like the way that we kind of evolve around what we're interested in. Um, I'm always interested in, like, especially when it comes to self-awareness is the person that I am today, like trying to refresh my ideas about myself and making sure that the person that I am today and the ideas I have about that person are reflective of my, my behavior today. So like Matt, can you think of examples from your life of things about yourself that you used to think that now are not true anymore? Mm. Like not going, not being able to go to college. Um, but now, but now I can go to college and I'm almost done. So I think that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's pretty big. Um, thought I could never do sports cause I couldn't learn a certain way, but now I can do sports cause I found special Olympics and stuff. Mm. So I think that's pretty cool. That's super cool. So oh. almost like self doubt yeah. is that you had self doubt and, and you know that you can break through those barriers yeah yeah what about you chris are there certain things like where are you in your journey right now absolutely the you know i can in the beginning of the podcast you asked me about bros and where are you going and what's next and it's easy to just say these things and say oh yeah we got a buying a gas station we're Mm. opening up that that next phase of brothers but there's always fear associated with that Mm. and and so i might not show it outwardly but um their fear creeps in and, uh, and it can be a lonely place as, as someone that's running a business. And so the one thing that I remind myself constantly is that there's, I have a team of people around me that it's not just me, that it's, it's my bro, my dad, my mom, my family, all of my employees, district managers, mm-hmm. managers, and everyone's there for the same goals. Mm-hmm. And when I start to feel alone and that I can't 
well, I, I can't do all this on my own. I don't have to because mm-hmm. I have all of those people around me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mac, you talk a lot about like your crew, you know, or your, what do you call it? Your people? Oh, my uh, support system. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. That's cool. That's very cool. That is lit. <laughs> that is lit. <laughs> <laughs> very lit. Awesome. Um, are you ready to ask Mackenzie your first surprise question, Chris? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because I knew we were going to talk about passion today. And so one of the things I wanted to know about you are what are your passions? Or if what you have one passion? main passion. Man, I have so many. Um, wow. That's a good question. <laughs> this is like actually a hard question. You're the first person I think on the podcast that asked me this. Um, my passions are um, photography and, oh man, um, Special Olympics and being with the Wayfaring Band, I think. Um, because I don't think I would be able to do all of this stuff if I didn't have the support for all of the stuff that I'm like reaching out now to. So like with the Wayfaring Band, I don't think I would be able to travel um, all over the world. Um, I hate flying and sometimes, you know, you have to go flying with the <laughs> yeah. Wayfaring Band. And so I think they help me out of my comfort zone a lot with that. Um, and then for like my Special Olympics stuff, I'm in sports and starting to be a good leader in um uh in that and um What's I, your favorite sport? My favorite sport? Ooh. I double questioned it. <laughs> you did? I think it's allowed cuz I'm going to pull this thread if you don't. So uh, no. I think cuz she doesn't know what I know about you and sports. So oh. I yeah, we're going to go there. Okay. Go ahead. Um <laughs> so it varies. We uh Special Olympics um offers 22 sports every season. Well, it's seasonal. So um so like this season right now is volleyball, so that's like my favorite. Yeah. And then the second uh for winter, um it will be um probably snowboarding. Oh nice. Yeah, and then for the springtime, uh it will be soccer. But I do do track, but soccer is my main sport. Um, and then the summertime, it would be softball. And then, like, in the middle of this, like, summer-ish. Ooh, I forgot the, the sport. Uh, Don't you play basketball? Plus, yeah, that's in the winter, though. Okay. Winter, yeah, basketball is, like, my second favorite. That's but awesome. my all-time favorite is probably snowboarding. So those, those are, are all my your sports. sports. I love yeah. that. Yeah, and like it's super cool. I have a volleyball tournament this weekend. Nice. You yeah. have tons of passions. I do a lot. That's exciting. I I kind of liked listening to you answer that. <laughs> you know, just like the way that you know, just that you're like, oh, this is hard. That's cool to think that it's hard to answer that question for because you have so many. I think there are a lot of folks who might have a hard time with that question because they can't find one. And it's, yeah. it's nice that you have so many. Uh, it was cool yeah. seeing her, her face light up as she spoke about each passion mm-hmm. and realizing how much fun that you have in each one of those. Yeah. And that was really cool. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I was like, okay, so I'm glad that you brought this up, but is now a good time for me to ask Chris, if you would mind sharing a little bit about your interest in sports? Yeah, I can definitely that's, talk about that's that. That's kind of cool. <clears throat> so, 
I swam in ever since I was little, and I swam in high school at Regis Jesuit High School here. Hey, they're yeah. a Special Olympics banner. Yeah. Unified team. All right. Hey, sorry. <laughs> I just had to say that. Yeah, that's great. And so I went to high school there, and then I went to Purdue University uh, my first year uh, to swim. And uh, unfortunately, I forgot to go to class. So they asked me not wah, to. Wah, <laughs> so asked me not to come back. And so I... I felt like I had missed my opportunity to to swim and to swim at NCAAs or however far I made it. And so about 13, so I took about 13 years off and then 12 years ago, got back into master swimming. And so I compete now in, in nationals. I haven't swum in a world yet, but um, when, when those come around all in the States, I'll go swimming there. But every year I swim at nationals and um, I've, I've renewed that passion in my life. So not only did I get to go back to the sport I loved, I get to accomplish the things that I felt that I mm. I left behind. Mm. And so there was always that regret, like, oh, I never got to, to do this in, in, in the sport that I loved, and now I get to do that. And I think the passion from the swimming has, because it was, it fell short. Mm. And so that's the great thing about, life is that you can always go back and and do something well thank you both for sharing your passions uh yeah. let's take a quick break all right we'll be right back bye the wayfaring band is an adventure where everybody belongs but we're not a rock and roll band are we Mackenzie? no so what type of band are we we are a band of travelers a band of travelers right so the Wayfaring Band creates original, transformative adventures for adults with and without intellectual and developmental disabilities. But who can travel with the band? Everybody. Oh, that's right. Everybody can. Well, as long as they're a grown-up, right? I mean, our programs are for adults. Sorry, kids. Yeah, sorry, kids. But if you're an adult, everybody, you too can travel with the Wayfaring Band. Adults with developmental disabilities, caregivers, students, teachers, professionals, activists, interested community members, all of you are welcome to join us on tour and experience our culture of inclusion firsthand. Be a part of it. How can they learn more, Mackenzie? Learn more at www.thewayfaringband.com. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody. And we're we, back. We are here with our guest, Chris O'Sullivan, uh, CEO and owner of Brothers Barbecue. And uh, Mackenzie and Chris and I have been having a really fun conversation about passion and self-awareness and what's lit, hey. keeping us old <laughs> folks on our toes. Um, no, but this is great. And I, I really was loving what you were both saying about, about your passions, about sports and photography and yeah. I'm just being, you said, uh, being involved with different organizations, Mackenzie, just like having an opportunity to, to see the world, to explore the world, and et cetera. Um, and I think that sport yeah. kind of ties into the inclusivity that we were talking about is not that you're not alone, that you have people around you. And sport is the perfect example of that, that you have teammates. So you might drop a pass, but you got someone that's going to be right there to, to have your back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. That's super cool. Um, I think to that end, actually, that feels like a really good segue into your next question, Mackenzie. Yes, it I'm does. Ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Listen maybe. up. <laughs> Crack the neck. All right, let's go. Um, everybody needs help sometimes. What do you need help with? 
I need help with so much stuff. So that is a perfect segue because every single day I need help running my business. Mm -hmm. I can never do that alone. I need the our accountants, CFO, uh, bookkeepers, every every single aspect of our business. We have over a hundred employees, mm-hmm. and I need them every single day to be successful. And then, then being able to come home and have the support of my wife and kids. I need help at home. Being able to do that, my mom helps. My dad helps with the mm-hmm. kids right now. My mom, so I can do this podcast. My mom picked up the kids from school today. Oh, and then nice. she's going to bring them That's to awesome. swim practice. Yeah. And so, because I asked her, I said, I got this really important <laughs> podcast. The most nev- important podcast. And I've podcast. never done a podcast before. i got to go do this. Are thing. you a newbie? Yes, yeah, my first wow. time. Wow. Oh, welcome. You, sound, you like a natural. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I've done some radio shows before. I, I remember when I first started, We were I was 22, and I went into my first radio interview. And I put the headphones on, and I didn't know that you could hear your own voice in the headphones. Oh, it's trippy, totally. And then I, I couldn't breathe that, that first question. They're like, so tell us about brothers. And I was like, <laughs> and then I was like, <gasps> and I couldn't breathe. And I remember like, oh my God, get me out of here. That was, that was me. That was, that <laughs> that was, was totally me. you. That was me. That was 100% it's weird, right? you. Yeah. The first it time was, you hear you. And you're like an older smaller closer thing and you can't go anywhere you just can't go anywhere because Mackenzie was a right. guest in season one before she was a host and season yeah. I remember you came in here and you were like this is a too small a space <laughs> yeah you were like freaking out yeah that it happened was. to me yeah so we're the same yeah Hey. But it's true. So in order to even be here today to to have your inaugural podcasting experience your mom had to help you out with the kids mm-hmm. so I need I need help every single day what about internal, you know, what about like emotional or like, so there's logistical support, there's business support and things like that. You know, I'm curious for both of you, actually, what about other types of help? Like, um, you know, when you're talking about self-awareness, uh, meditation is possible, but are there other people? Are there other sources? What other sorts of help do you get? So I do therapy. Mm-hmm. So I go to therapy. I'm at a therapy men's group. I, we meet every Monday from... 537 so that's an hour and a half we also do uh retreats mm. so we went down to crestone colorado this year Ooh, trippy love crestone so we're cool. going the wafering band is going back there next summer oh it's the best it's a magical place it is over 40 international religions are represented in crestone yeah so we stayed at nada and you get your cool. own hermitage and we did a bunch of meditating and wow and just opening up and and that's one thing as as growing up as a guy you know Back in the 80s, it was kind of like, you know, don't cry, don't ask for help. It, you know, being open and vulnerable was almost seen as a weakness. Yeah. Where now, in my perspective, being vulnerable is courageous and it, it's a source of strength for me. Hmm. And trying to stay there, but it's been so ingrained to be tough and to get it done and don't show any, any weakness. And I think being self-aware helps me realize that, it is courageous to be vulnerable and asking for help is smart and strong. Hmm. What do you think, Mackenzie? About <laughs> what about what Chris just said? Did anything that he just said uh, resonate with you? Um, yeah, um, I started going back to therapy too because I really needed it because um, I could not say no. I w- I'm like the opposite. So I say yes all the time. Yes, I can do that. Yes, I can do like, yes, but sometimes I need to say no. Right. But I just don't like saying no. 
and um i think it just finally caught up with me and so i'm back in therapy everybody needs help i guess yeah like in different ways but it is okay if you could ask for help right it's okay too it's not a bad thing i like what you said chris about growing up as a man well a boy when you were growing up but uh in in the 80s and into the 90s uh and i think this is still very true today you know we because we talk a lot about identity in here Mm -hmm. and different identity circles that we all have um but i think that's still true that there are pressures on men to behave a certain way and you know and that we reward men for being on the surface strong and yeah and invulnerable um and and that we do have this sort of like cultural idea that vulnerability is is weakness that is flawed. Right. I think we all know it's flawed too. Like I don't think anybody wins no. if we believe that. You, if you know. You just smile and fake it all the time. You're not getting to to what you're all about. Right. And so there's something being missed there. And and I have to watch myself. I have a son who's eight, and so I want him to be strong and and capable and and good at sports. And I have to always remind him, hey. You know, you can be sad. You can ask for help. You mm-hmm. can cry. These are things that you can do. I'm not going to, you can't cry because you want a piece of candy. Sure. I'll right. say that's not, you know, that's not right. the, but the way to do it. But if your feelings are hurt. But yeah. if you are emotionally and yeah. you need to cry, you can cry. Yeah. That's totally cool. Right. It takes work. I mean, we're all like, this is the stew we're in, you know? And like, I think about that a lot with my nieces and nephews. And, and I think about it a lot in the work that we do with the Wayfaring Band about when we say everybody in, what does that mean? Like, how do we really create pathways for all of us to feel included and like we belong and like who we are is okay. And it is tricky, but I do think asking for help, we talk a lot about mutual aid, right? It's like, I'll help you. You help me. Um, because nobody, I don't think anybody enjoys receiving help all the time, just like it isn't enjoyable to always be the one giving help all the time that really we want to be in balance around that. Right. And I think, when you go to and when you do things like self awareness or if you're working through therapy and working through something, it's good to go out there and put that to use as well. Yeah. So you have to take time to say, Okay, I've worked on that. Now let's go out in the real world and let's practice some of these things. Right. So it's like benefiting not just you in the moment, but like actually you interacting with other humans elsewhere. And that comes back into the self awareness because you might have a, a learned response to something and you can catch yourself because you've talked about it in therapy or talked about it with other people. Mm. And so when you know you're doing something, you say, oh, yeah. no, There's I can. that thing again. Right. There it is again. There it yeah. is. And then you can make a different decision. You're not, we're not just programmed. And that was the, when you asked me about, you know, what is lit, I might have just said something off the top of my mind and not have put any thought into it. Mm-hmm. Because it was a lot of times I think as when I was growing up, I wasn't – thinking too deeply i was more reactionary to my surroundings Mm. and now you know that's that's changing yeah that's cool see that's what growing up feels awesome (laughs) sometimes (laughs) sometimes are you kidding me the 40s are where it's at um all right well great how about a final question from Mackenzie? Well, the, uh, the sports was my double question, but now, since I get almost a third, it's like a bonus question. Yeah. <laughs> that was like a follow-up question. The sports yeah, one was a follow-up was question. Follow yeah, up. It was. Um, I wanted to know about your family, where you my grew family. up, yeah. and oh, if okay. you have brothers, sisters, parents, you know, what, uh, who are you? Who, where did you come from? Who, who are you? Who am I? 
Who am I? Just kidding. Um, so I was adopted when I was two weeks old, so I was a baby baby to um two white parents that are amazing, super supportive. Don't know where I would be without them. Um I always say like I think I would probably be in jail or homeless, um, because um of my disability and um I don't think if I had a different family than them they uh they wouldn't understand um what's going on um i have an older brother skylar um he's adopted too he was three months old when he was when he was adopted and um i mean we're a pretty close family now um i was born in colorado springs i think um hmm um our family's super close. We kind of lost each other for a little while, but now we're all back together, so that's super cool to see. Um, my mom's a nurse slash nurse advocate. Um, she she has her own business, so she helps people navigate the health system. And thank God, yeah, right. um, it's a good empower important job. And then she's a RN um, for Kaiser. Um, like, so she's like, she, she's working with, um, like, I think they're doing like research right now of people that are, that have diabetes and when their kidneys are going in failure. So she has to call them up and tell them what's going on. That's the sad part. But, um, she's super passionate of her job. Um, she's like amazing and i love her so much sometimes we have our touch and go situations <laughs> but um i don't think i would be here today if it wasn't for my mom and dad yeah and my brother um because i was i was i was ooh, i was a i was a i was not a bad kid i don't believe in bad kids but um i had a lot of challenges when i was little so i don't know how they put up with me actually um, I was going to actually ask you about that. When you said, Mackenzie, that you thought that maybe without your parents, you would be in jail or homeless because of your disability in part. Can you say a little bit more about that, about like what, how did that, because I think some people, when they hear you now on the podcast and if they meet you in person, yeah. it would be hard for them to imagine <laughs> that your life used to look different. Okay. <laughs> Are you, is that yeah, okay? I'm yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, um, starting when I was like, I don't know how old I was. Um, I had really bad behaviors, um, at home, but I never showed them at school. So I was like the good kid in school, but like the bad kid at home. Um, cause I didn't know how to talk about my feelings. And so I would use, I used to hit, spit, kick, um, run, um, just really dangerous stuff to do to my family. And then um, I I went to, like, um, not a nurse, uh, like, Tennyson Center. Um, it's a ooh, what, uh, yeah, treatment do, center. We do um, yeah. work with them. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hey, let's go. We let's love go. Tennyson yeah. Center. That's yeah, cool. Um, so I went to Tennyson Center for a little while. Then moving on from there, I went to TJ. And TJ was where I just kind of started grasping my 
my wings a little bit. Um, before TJ, I did go to Excelsior Youth Center for a little while. That was just for a respite, respite thing because I was still kind of dangerous at home. And if I did something dangerous, I had to go to Excelsior Youth Center. Um, and then I found TJ, and then ever since, I feel like I kind of blossomed from there. And so you're feeling like if you didn't have your parents to kind of help you find your way, that some of those behaviors could have gotten worse? Yeah, I feel, yeah, that and, I mean, I could be just making it up, too. Um, I probably would have had a better family, but I feel like this one's, like, the greatest ever. But I feel like this family was my family. Um, Yeah. Just, like, looking back, I don't know where I would be. I don't think I would be able... I think I wouldn't be able to do stuff where I am today if I didn't have this family. It sounds like they, they never gave up. Yeah. And I feel like they could have a couple times, but they... Well, and you never stopped trying. Yeah. And so... um, And, like, I used to hate behaving the wrong way, too. I have that I same thing. I have that when I... Even when I know I'm doing it, maybe in a in a silly fight, and, and I know, and I just yeah. want to be like, stop, I love you, we're, g- we're good. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but it's so hard to let that down sometimes yeah. when you have that anger and, and that emotion that it's it's difficult just to... to let go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, think everyone suffers from that same, same yeah. place. Uh, yeah, a compulsion sometimes to, like for me, I, I have to tell myself, like... To, to train myself not to self-destruct sometimes. I want to burn it down. My first impulse is to burn it down, you know, to make my friend and I, we used to have this joke with this one friend and he used to always joke around that like his tagline was got a problem, make it bigger. <laughs> and like, and that that was just this thing. It's like, Oh, whatever we, whatever's already bad. Like let's make it worse and like try and create some pressure to, you know, to activate, to get excited about. And it's like, it takes work. It took work for me to train myself to not get excited by drama right. or problems, you know, and to try to learn to find relief in things being serene instead of in things being chaotic. Drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, th- I just, um, I used to, I was always on like, not cloud nine, but, um, the adrenaline rush, like I lived off of adrenaline rushes, so I think that's the other part why right. I would act the same, act the way that I did because that's all I could do. But um, after the second time at Tennyson Center, I think um, just getting and give it, getting it off, all the medications that I was on, um, came to um, a better way to like clear my my mind was so cloudy, like I couldn't. I was like a zombie most of the time um, because I could not think straight. And so I would just pick the wrong ways to do it. I Um, think that is a really good point about just the way that we handle meds in this culture in general. Right. I Um, think, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I know that like the amount of meds in the years that I've been in this field, the amount of medications that I've seen the folks that we work with on has increased at least doubled in the almost 15 years that I've been working, which isn't even that long. I'm sure it's gone higher than that in the last 20 years. But in 15 years, it's easily doubled the amount of medications that folks are diagnosed with. And I mean, or that are uh, prescribed. And it's just interesting. It's a whole other podcast. It's a whole other podcast. And like, and not, but I guess the, you know, since I'm not a medical professional, I guess what I want to say about that though, is my experience as somebody who tries to work with people who are heavily medicated 
is that I think what you just talked about, that cloudiness, is something that I can sense a lot. I can sense when somebody is fighting a side effect from one drug and then that and another one and da da da. And it's just trying to be like, just trying to cut through to get to where somebody really is mm-hmm. can be a really big challenge. Because just sitting here, you can see you coming out in, in this podcast, just you know your beauty coming out and being able to put your thoughts together and your words together. And then I know it's genuinely you. You can yeah. feel it from you. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's an it's amazing thing fake. to see. I didn't know you before, but I know just sitting here, you can feel the real you. Oh, thank you. Um, I have to tell you just one story because it's, it's pretty bad, but it's real. Me and my mom were just talking about it the other day. Um, we were fighting really bad and I had like a glass of uh, ice water and I threw it on her face. Ooh. Yeah. And um, <laughs> cool down. Yeah. Because I thought she was I- hot. Oh, um, <laughs> I bet that didn't work. <laughs> I mean, it made it worse. But getting to the where I was like years ago to now, like just like why would I do that? But it's because she was hot. I felt like she was hot and she needed to cool down. Wait, this happened back then. Yeah. Oh, not recently. Oh thank no, God. no, 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 no. I was. <laughs> it was like when I was like six. <laughs> so I mean, you genuinely thought she was hot. Yeah. And so that your reaction? Yeah, to- I needed to put her out. Right. Um interesting and um like a couple years later after i did that i was like mom do you know why i put water on your face i thought you were hot and that's when i was on all of those medications and then when i was off of the medications i could find that why did i throw water on her face oh that's amazing wow but it took that long for you to sort through so there was a reason it was and that's i think something really interesting in the disability field i think about that a lot like we work a lot with people who maybe communicate differently. They might communicate with their bodies or with sounds and not necessarily with, you know, thoughtful language that has been constructed to tell a story and communicate a need. And so a lot of the times what people can read is just like, Oh, drama or anger or violence or whatever is always, always, always 100% of the time, a human being trying to communicate a need Mm -hmm. always. Right. And trying to get to that point of like, that genuinely as a small child you were not trying to hurt her or yeah or yeah. piss her off because like that you know throwing water in somebody's face is really just like a good way to piss them off <laughs> but if that's not what you were trying to accomplish but it's like but it's amazing it, that after a couple of years you were able to get to the source of what you were doing and what and to be able to articulate it that's a big deal yeah yeah that's so cool but that's a good reminder too for all of us of like you know, especially even young children, um, typically developing children, even at the toddler phase or whatever, it's like, that's it, right? It's just what a tantrum is still uh, an unexpressed need that is finding a way to express itself. So even if it's just I'm tired and so I'm going to melt down. And I'm on board with you about medication, but it's I guess it's difficult why if you have a child that the doctor is saying, right. hey, they need to be medicated and then it's giving it some relief, even though it's. And then now you're looking at it like, hey, you made my kid a zombie. Right. But it's it's really, it's like, because totally. we're, I'm not in those, I'm not in their shoes. So it's so hard for me to say, yeah, all medication is bad. No, and I couldn't say that for sure. Not right. because medication is life-saving right. for many, many, many people. And I think finding the right medication, I have heard many people the talk right about doctor. that. Saving them, you yeah, know, because there might be the meds, but it might be a doctor that say, "Hey, let's try one thing and see how that works, 
rather than overprescribed. Hey, let's take these five. Yeah, I think that's like I think my criticism is not for parents because parents are doing the best they can and trying to and guardians are listening to medical professionals and trying to heed professional advice. Right. And they're doing the best they can. I think my criticism is more toward our medical industry, right? Of just like Absolutely. You know, I, I think a little caution around prescribing. Well, if you look at, the, at nurses, your mom's a nurse, my wife's a nurse, all the satisfaction ratings for hospitals are based on pain management. Yeah. That's it. Were you comfortable? Right. So there's an incentive to prescribe. <laughs> make sure they're comfortable. Yeah. Make sure they're comfortable. Right. Well, I it's exciting, Mackenzie, to hear you have a story of it wasn't an easy story, the one that you just told, you know, but a story of kind of like getting back your mind, it sounds mm-hmm. like, and, and therefore your autonomy as a woman in this world, like to be able to make your own choices. And and like you said earlier in the conversation, express your own passions and pursue them. That's super cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do either of you have any more questions for each other? Any less follow Does this mean we get like free barbecue for a year? <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you wanted to interview Chris? <laughs> Pretty much. I'm just kidding. I'll get you some free ice cream. Hey, I'm down. That. <laughs> That's good. Ice yeah, we can get together at Nugs and have some free ice cream. Yeah, anytime you guys want to come over to Bros and have lunch, I'll buy you lunch. <laughs> I like the mac and cheese. Oh, <laughs> All those so straight good. up. I think I think we are the ones who owe Chris lunch after we this. Do. That's we right. Do. We, we owe Chris owe, lunch. We owe you. Yeah. But the next time after we owe you. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna hit you up at the barbecue. You, got it. you know Chris. But hey, yeah. to our listeners, if you wanna join us at either Nugs for Ice Cream or Brothers Barbecue for lunch, then you know, shoot us an email at podcast at thewayfaringband.com. And let us know that you want to go and maybe we'll meet you over there for lunch. Hey. He will not buy all of us lunch. We will all just eat lunch there together. Yes. <laughs> um, Chris, thank you so much. No, this is amazing. Thank you for involving me in this. Thank you so much for sponsoring us too. Always. For our fundraisers and stuff. Yeah, yeah we fun. really appreciate I'll it. I'll sign a forever Sweet. contract right now. Yes. As long as I can forever keep smoking contract. meats. <laughs> you are our awesome. only meat smoker. We, we make that commitment. Um, thanks again. Uh, Thank listeners, you. thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you. We Thank appreciate you. all of you. Be Bye. safe out there. Bye. Bye. Everybody In is sound engineered by Karen Hibner with original music by The Dosage. It is produced by The Wayfaring Band, a Denver-based 501c3 nonprofit specializing in life skills and leadership training through travel for adults with and without disabilities. Be sure to rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Later, alligator. Alligator.